0: Welcome to the Reading Teacher's Playbook, a podcast for elementary reading teachers. I'm your host, Evan Midellis, and here we will talk about all things reading instruction, time management, and mindset. Being an upper elementary reading teacher comes with a unique set of challenges. You are often tasked with helping students understand text on a deep level, preparing them for their state assessment, and remediating non-readers all while trying not to turn students off of reading altogether. You need a playbook of ideas that helps you meet the needs of all your readers and gives you ideas that you can use today. I'm here to be your teaching bestie encouraging you to step out of your comfort zone and hold you accountable for the things you said you wanted to try. Together, we can cut through the noise of all things reading instruction, Help you figure out what your students need most right now. Welcome to episode five of the Reading Teacher's Playbook. In this episode, I get to interview one of my teaching besties and talk about what it's like to do guided reading in this new world. Welcome to the Reading Teacher's Playbook. So glad to have you here. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey to the classroom as well as your current role? Yeah,
1: so my name is Melissa Carrillo. I am currently the writing AST, um, so it's academic support teacher at my campus. I am currently in my 15th year of teaching. I've taught first grade. I did that for about three years. I taught second grade for about five, and I spent the bulk of my teaching time in third grade.
0: Awesome. Um, What else about outside of your school role. Tell us a about yourself.
1: To a wonderful man who supports me in all of my crazy teacher ideas. Um, I have two girls. I have a 15 year old and I have a, a nine year old and we have a 10 year old a miniature schnauzer. Um, and that's, I spend time with my kids. We like to watch movies. And when I'm not thinking up things to do in the, for the classroom or for, you know, my, my school were usually just binge watching something on Netflix.
0: Yes, aren't we all right now? <laughs> <laughs> um, could you tell us a little bit about your reading teacher journey?
1: It 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 was a little bit of a bumpy one, honestly. I don't feel like I was truly prepared. Not even, you know, after student teaching, I think helped me a little bit, but I'm not quite sure college truly prepared me to teach kids to learn how to read. Um, so I had to start reading some books, you know, books that, rec- that were recommended to me by, you know, teacher friends. Um, and I want to say my second or third year of teaching, our campus became an, an SFA campus, a successful for all, um, campus. And so it's, you know, one of those programs where um, they come in when your school is in need of like some intervention. Um, so it was very targeted. Um, it students were grip, grouped based on their uh, reading level. And um, we our, our right, our reading block was 90 minutes. And um, we had smaller groups than what we would if we were, um, you know, teaching our own kids. So it definitely, I think it helped me a little bit because it was very um, strategic in the way that it was teaching reading. Um, you did, you know, the same things. It was, you know, there was no like kind of just making it up. You, It was very, I guess for, you, you would have to teach it verbatim, so it, it, it helped me to learn kind of like the steps to teach kids how to read in first grade. Um, but a, a few years later, we had a shift in admin, and so we went the guided reading route. And I had never taught guided reading before, so that was that was new and it was different. So again, you know, bringing out those books and, and kind of like digging into um, books that would teach me how to teach guided reading, um, and so that was that was a little bumpy at first. To be honest with you, it it took you know being able you know having to go ask. Uh, teacher friends, you know, some questions on what I needed to do, trying to figure out what my kids who weren't in the guided reading group with me, what are, what am I supposed to do with those kids? And so I do feel like I was kind of, I wasn't prepared as a, you know, a beginning teacher to teach reading, but through um, attending, you know, conferences, reading different books and stumbling and tripping and, 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 Thinking to myself, ooh, I really messed that one up. I need to go back and kind of look at what I did and how I can improve it. I think that's kind of like what helped me to become a better reading teacher.
0: So like trying new things and implementing them. Yes. Yes. That's what it sounds like. It's just trying trying, and, and learning as you go. Yes. Um, so now we're in a whole new world. <laughs> <laughs> um, and those teaching practices like that we that we know are good for kids it's a little harder to do it's a little different um how did how how did you adapt to the new environment of doing um still implementing the? or did you did you even try it because I know some people would be like oh I don't I don't even know how to attempt guided reading in this format in this world Did, did you try it and Um, Not
1: initially. Yeah, not, I'm sorry, not initially, you know, it was strictly just kind of getting the kids used to the whole new format of of learning, right? We're now learning virtually. Um, And then we're not only learning virtually, but now we're learning virtually and some kids in person. So I didn't start off doing guided reading right away, I would say probably maybe October, when I was starting to see, you know, some of the kids just weren't making progress, you know, from their running records, they were kind of stagnant in their levels, um, their fluency wasn't going up accuracy, what you so you know, looking at all of those things, it's like they need some, they need some smaller time, you know, time with me in a smaller setting, they needed guided reading. But how do we do it? You know, how how do we accomplish this in this new way of of, of learning and teaching? So, I just, I just tried it. <laughs> I just, you know, I, I, I. We figured out Zoom. Once we got comfortable with Zoom, we practiced with breakout rooms, and that's kind of how I started doing guided reading. Um, and I started doing some of my kids who were on a level. I had maybe two or three kids who were virtual, but I also had maybe two kids in person that were at that same level, and it was going to be double the work and take up double the time if I tried to have a virtual guided reading group and an in-person guided reading group. So I just thought we're going to do it together. I'm going to have the kids, you know, on a computer with me that are participating virtually and I'll have my in-person kids and we'll see how it goes. And it actually went pretty well. You know, the first couple times, obviously there were some glitches, but it it went, it went pretty well. It did take a lot more planning. You know, I had to really think about how am I going to, you know, it's, it's not like I can just run down to the reading closet and grab some books. You know, I needed to make those same books available to my virtual kids. So, so how, it, did, you do, it, how was, did you
0: do that? What what did you do to make Google it Google Slides.
1: Okay. <laughs> Google Slides was probably the easiest thing for me to do at that time um, because I could, you know, snip a picture of a book and I embedded it into a slide so that the kids couldn't so that they could still have the ability to manipulate, you know, and interact with the text, maybe make a note or highlight something without messing it up. Um, so that was the easiest thing. It was just getting creative and trying to find some books that the kids would enjoy reading
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and getting it to them in a digital format.
0: Okay, awesome. Um- And so then, like, you you talked about getting organized. What specific things did you do to get organized so that you could have group? Because I know, like, um, some teachers, when it was regular guided reading, they would have bins or tubs with their books and different materials handy. You could just turn around. Here's my group. Here's all your stuff. But that's, like you mentioned, that's not uh, available anymore or not available in the same way and not to the kids that you had. So how did you... Um, you mentioned Google Slides. How did you get the Google Slides to them? Like what did you do to make sure they had those materials or any handouts that you were using?
1: So, I mean, first, obviously you got to find a book that's going to be at the same level for both for, you know, the in-person and the virtual kids. I made sure it would, I could possibly use the book for maybe one or two skills that we might be working on. Um, that way I, if I'm going to put in all that work, it would, you know, I, I, get some bang for my buck where I could, okay, I could use this book for two weeks versus just, you know, my, my, a couple of sessions. So, um, I created the slides for them. Um, and I made sure that I had them. So, you know, like group a, I was going to meet with them group a on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. So I wanted to make sure that I had that book ready for them. And in, we use a platform called Schoology. So I would assign it to, my group of kids, and only those kids would have access to that book. Um, And in in the beginning, honestly, I kept it really simple. It was just us reading the book together, discussing, doing, you know, all of the the components of guided reading with the kids. Um, There wasn't any really, like, you know, notating on there or, you know, doing like a stop and jot. It was just very, just very simple. Let's just read. Um, But after a little bit, I started, you know, finding some activities that I could use that that were easily adaptable. Um, Jamboard, for example, Mm -hmm. um, was one of the things that we used. So like um, we could do a stop and jot and not only could my Virtual kids do it, but so could my in person kids, and they were able to interact with one another. So, you know, it was just, you know, like a stop and jot on a sticky note, but now it's in a digital format. So, um, just making sure that I had all of those things ready and available. And it was, you know, a little crazy in the beginning because I had multiple um, tabs open. Sometimes I had a laptop, a Chromebook, and an iPad, but Uh, I managed to make it work, so it was, it wasn't, I don't want to say it was easy to do, and it did take some, you know, where I totally bombed, you know, the, it didn't go the way that I wanted to, but after a couple of times, we were able to adjust and, and, and make it work.
0: And, uh, like, the Jamboard, just, like, logistics, I know some teachers may want to ask, like, um, how did you make sure that they had access to it? Like, did they all, were they all working on it, or did they each have their own Jamboard? We, so
1: for like my, I don't know, so like my group A, those kids, I could share that jam board with those students. So I would send it to them on their email, share it with them to their email. And so they would just, or, you know, if we were in a chat, I could attach the link, you know, in the chat and then they could click on it. Some of my kids were a little bit more tech savvy and just including the link in the chat was good for them they could click on it and we were good to go others needed it like in their email where they could open it up that way
0: and things like um extra things outside of the book how did you make sure that you set the students up for success um so that you weren't in that moment t- trying to teach them how to do it or like oh miss how do i do this or how do i open this like how did you set it up so that it, you know it worked for you guys and the kids were successful
1: a lot of that came with just practice, even before we attempted to do guided reading in our new, you know, in a, in our new normal at the moment. So it was just a lot of modeling and practicing and, you know, at the beginning of the year, it was, you know, Zoom expectations and we would go over different things and this is where you have this, this is where you do this, you know, so it was just, it's, it's, it's not the same, but it's the same, you know, it's when, you know, you begin the school year, you don't start week two going into guided reading, and, you know, everybody just knows magically where to go, what stations to use, how they look, it's a lot of (laughs) modeling, a lot of practicing, and, you know, kind of that gradual release, we're going to try just one part of it today, Um, so it was the same thing, but it, it wasn't just for guided reading, it was for anything, they just had to learn how to Use these things. So I wouldn't. I didn't do Jamboard just in guided reading. We had already used it in other, in other areas. So like maybe in my mini lesson a couple of weeks prior, we were, you know, doing something in reading. And so let's go ahead and try this Jamboard. And it, it was crazy in the beginning. Um, I had to give them time just to kind of do whatever they wanted to on those sticky notes and. I think we had at one point 20 pages of jam boards in one of them and it was just them going crazy. I had to let them have fun with it and get it all out and learn how to use it before we even attempted to do it, you know, for something like that.
0: Awesome. Yes. Those are definitely some good teaching practices and just good reminders. Cause sometimes when we hear someone make a suggestion, we're like, okay, well that's crazy. And we forget, like you said, that like anything else, you do a gradual release. Um, and so that's just a good reminder that even in these times, we need to, we need to do that as well. Uh, if I would have wanted to attempt a
1: jam board for the first time in guided reading, I'm setting myself and the kids up for failure and frustration. So yeah, definitely. It, it couldn't be, I, I couldn't try this just because, oh, I think it'll work and let's just do it. I'm going to frustrate myself. The kids are going to get frustrated. So it was definitely just things that we had to try outside of it and then bring it in. Um, And lots of modeling.
0: (laughs) You (laughs) mentioned at the beginning um, about something about breakout rooms. But what what do you mean when you said you used breakout rooms and what did the kids do and what did you do?
1: Yeah, so if I was working with another kid, guided reading and I wanted to work with just one kid individually. Um, Sometimes I could, you know, I I would do a breakout room where I'm working with this student one-on-one who's virtual and the other kids are in another breakout room and they might be reading or they could be maybe talking about the text they're working on. It it, it varied, it just depended, but um, it was used for different things. Some of my virtual kids were really shy and didn't feel comfortable Reading if um, the other students were around. So I would use a breakout room and it would just be, you know, I'd put my, my headphones on and it would just be me and that student and they would they would read to me or we would discuss the book that way just to kind of help them um, be a little bit more comfortable with that. And then uh, again, you know, some of the other kids would would read and discuss. Sometimes I would just, you know, pose a question and want them to discuss and maybe, uh, you know, jot something down so they could do that in a, you know, with the partner in a breakout room. That was just another use for it.
0: And so I know some teachers may ask, like, how did you monitor that? Like, how did you ensure or did you just monitor it with time? You know, like what techniques would you suggest if someone wanted to try something like that, but where they were scared, you know, like, oh, I'm not sure if the kids are going to actually be working or not.
1: I think it all goes back to classroom community, you know, the setting the expectation that, you know, yes, our school looks different the way that we're learn, the way that I'm teaching and the way that the kids are learning looks different, but we're still here to learn. And there is still that expectation that the students are supposed to be doing what you're asking them to do, you know, when you ask them to do it. Um, the cool thing with, you know, school at the, the, learning platform that we have is that we can monitor those things, you know, so if if I did assign them um, a discussion question, I could monitor and see that they're currently working on it. Um, If I assign them a Google slide or an assignment through them, I can monitor and see that they're working on it. Honestly, I think it goes back to just that classroom community, setting up those classroom norms and them knowing that that's just the expectation.
0: Yeah, I, I, that's, I agree with you. I think that's awesome that that was set up that way because then they are just expected that this is part of our job. I'm working with kids. You're doing something also. And, um, and the classroom's always flowing. So I'm, I'm sure they weren't in there for, you know, like endless amounts of time either. So like these things have to always be um, yes. moving. Um, so what benefits did you see? Because I know you mentioned that data you know, that data you were tracking, the running records you were doing is what prompted you to go ahead and start guided reading even though you weren't super excited about the notion (laughs) of doing it in this environment. Um, What did you start to see as a result of your investment of time um, and you know, in wanting to work the kinks out and doing this uh, for the benefit of the kiddos,
1: they were showing growth. You know, they were finally making some progress. It was small progress. Um, it wasn't the progress that we're used to seeing in a normal school year, but it was small progress um, because I was meeting them where they were. I was meeting them where they were at that you know time. Where in our mini lesson, you know, you're you're presenting them this, you know. M- mini lesson and it might be a book that's above grade level and they didn't have time to practice that skill at their instructional level. So they just, they started taking off in their reading. They started making progress. They started, you know, enjoying reading. They started They started liking to read again. So before it was, it it seemed like it was almost a chore because it was challenging for them. So I was able to provide them with books, maybe not, you know, a traditional book, but I was able to provide them with the book that they could read, you know, because it was at their level. It wasn't something that was too challenging for them or too easy for them.
0: Awesome. That must've been really gratifying because I'm pretty sure that was, you know, some hard work on your end. And so it must've been gratifying to see that they were, that it was paying off for the kids. Yeah, of course. Um, so we talked about organization and then how did you plan for credit reading? Like, did you, did you use a template or anything or did you use Google folders? Or like, how did you organize yourself so that then you could <laughs> push the information out to the kids?
1: Yeah. So within Google in my drive, I just created a guided reading folder. And within that folder, I created folders for the week. And I know it sounds super complicated, but once you do it once, it's pretty easy. So I created a folder for each week. And within the week, it was like group A, group B, group C. And so I knew, you know, that group A was these students, group B had these students. And so once I created those slides, I could put it in there and keep it, you know, so that I could easily assign it to the kids and have the things available to them and anything I was going to use for that particular um, guided reading lesson, you know, whether it was a jamboard board or um, uh, an activity, you know, that, that I maybe wanted to try introducing to them that I used in the past. It was paper format, but now it was available in a digital format. I would include that in there. That way it was easy to say, okay, we're on week 23. This is the stuff that we're going to be using for this week. And I could transfer it over to our, um, our Schoology uh, folders for them.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing. I know that'll be helpful to a lot of teachers because sometimes you'll, you know, we hear ideas, we hear suggestions and then we're like, okay, but how? (laughs) How do we make that happen? Which is part of why I asked you, um, you know, even though your positions change, you have experience having actually done guided reading in this virtual world and doing it in a hybrid format. And I wanted uh, my audience to hear from someone who had actually, who had actually done it and been in the trenches. Um, do yeah. you have any additional advice for someone who, let's say, is more like maybe you were in September when you're like, uh-uh, "I'm not even, that's gonna- <laughs> 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 not happening. This is not the year for guided reading." Any advice on how to get started? I th-
1: I think the easiest thing is going to be probably to start where I started. You know, it's simply just making a book for the kid or finding a, a digital copy. Of the book for the student and keeping it simple in the beginning. This wasn't something that I did, you know, the first week or even probably not even the first three weeks of me doing guided reading. It took some time and you know your kids best. You know what they're going to respond to. And so use that and and I think start there, you know, find books that are engaging to them, get them to start reading, uh, start small. And then eventually, you know, after a couple of weeks of doing it, you can tack on maybe, maybe you want to try a jam board. Maybe a jam board is too much. Maybe you just want to put a text box next to the, the you know, one of the pages and have them respond there. Um, but I think starting small, you know, just taking that initial step because it's so powerful and because you get a lot of bang for your buck with guided reading, you can really see where the kids, you know, what areas they need, you know, to work on. Um, and you can really see that, that growth in a, in a guided reading um, group when the kids are uh, working together and when you're hearing them read versus, you know, doing it whole group. So I think just start small, you know, try getting, you know, try creating a Google slide for the kids um, and getting them to read and get comfortable with that. And then you can branch off and try something different
0: yeah, or something you. that's a
1: little bit more challenging.
0: Do you... Um recommend any resources, like anything that you were still uh, because you mentioned books that you were a reader and that you went to books a lot, anything that you used in the past that still helped you um, during this time that you might recommend? The Book Whisperer
1: was really a good book that I enjoyed. Um, Any of the, gosh, it went for me, the guided reading, it's like the guided reading handbook.
0: Um, The Jan Richardson books.
1: Yes. Her books are awesome. Um, they're really teacher user friendly. Um, the reading strategies book has some really good, um, you know, kind of quick, but from Jennifer,
0: Mm -hmm. right. I see.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I, I used hers. I mean, you could easily use some of her strategies to teach, you know, to, that was another thing. You got to keep those guided reading lessons short, short and sweet because, in a normal school year, the kid's attention span is pretty short. And I think in a virtual environment, it's even shorter. So I liked using her book to kind of get, you know, just to get to the the meat of what I needed to teach them and work on. And then we could kind of move on from there. But those were some of the books that
0: I've used. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Melissa. It was such a thanks to having to you and hear about um, all your tips and tricks from the trenches thanks for having me thank you thank you for taking time out of your busy day to take a page from the reading teachers playbook if this episode resonated with you please take the time to rate and review the podcast on apple itunes so others can find it too and take a screenshot of this episode and tag me at miss avonelos on instagram check the show notes for any links mentioned and hit subscribe so you don't miss a play from the reading teachers playbook